Hi, I'm Dan Krinas from the Leader of Learning podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure to check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Computer, Lego Batman here. Play Podcast PD. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you will have more fun with Chris Nessie, AJ Bianco, and me, Stacey Lindis. Hello, podcast people. This is Chris Nessie doing his best, AJ Bianco. Welcome to episode number 32 of Podcast PD, the podcast. This is a continuation of our episode 31, so this is part two, part deux, if you speak the French. I don't know. But anyway, as always, and once again, of course, joined by my Podcast PD counterparts. Uh, how are you, AJ? Doing good, Chris. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking. I am so glad I asked, buddy. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Speaking of asking how people are doing, Stacy, <laughs> how are you? I'm trying to get it back together, but I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? <laughs> I <laughs> I am doing well. So once again, welcome to episode 32. Where hey, the motto here is we're not going to start over. So yay, let's get right into what we're doing today, which is we're going to continue our conversation from episode 31, and we're going to tackle the last two questions, and Stacy's going to refresh us what they are momentarily, but before we get to the main conversation, so on behalf of Stacy and AJ, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast throughout the 2017-2018 school year. It's been our pleasure to create this podcast for you. If you have not left us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, we never really ask for it, so we're sort of asking for it now, and we would appreciate it if you took the time to do that here during the summer months while we're all enjoying all sorts of fun activities. We also have some exciting news to share with you that we are bringing you an all-new element to the podcast, and that's going to start this summer as we sort of go on a summer hiatus slash we're going to still create some content slash we still want to engage with you. And we are starting the Podcast PD Listener Club. Now, you're already in the club because you listen to the podcast, but we're going to take it to a new level, and we'd like to add a Voxer element to the podcast. Because if you're listening to this show, you heard a recent episode where we talked with Matt Larson, and he shared with us and you all about how he has leveraged Voxer around literature and starting numerous book clubs through Voxer. And we thought hey, this is education, let's steal his ideas and kind of adapt it to what we want to do. And we're going to start a podcast listening club this summer here in 2018. So what does that mean? You're going to have the opportunity to join a Voxer group with AJ, Stacy, and myself. And rather than read a book 
we are going to, on a weekly basis, uh, designate a podcast episode to listen to, and it could come from any number of podcast genres. Could be education related, could be personal related, could be professional related, and we're going to listen to the episodes together, and then we're going to talk about them. And Stacy, AJ, and myself will facilitate discussion and conversation, and it's a real great opportunity to spend a little bit more time with us uh, using Voxer. So we're really excited to announce that. AJ, are you excited about this new podcast PD listener club? I couldn't be more excited. I really would look forward to connecting with our audience a little bit more. Agreed. I think it's going to be a really natural way for us to engage our listeners in the same kind of conversation that we have every other week, um, whether it be about podcasts we're listening to. Actually, we do that on a regular basis. You know, check out this podcast. Um, so it's just an extension of what we love to do naturally. And I think it will help me get my my number down from it's currently at 1744. That's a little bit of a preview from what we do at the end of the show. So my my number's at 1744. So it's it's going down, I think. I don't even remember what it was last time we recorded, but um I'm working hard to get the number down just because I've had the opportunity to listen a lot. And I think that listening with our listeners sounds very meta will be and you know, it will it will help us learn about new podcasts. It will help you really engage in the type of learning that we like to do. So we're hoping that you go on the adventure with us. And the way that you can go on this adventure with us, we're going to begin the Podcast PD Summer Listening Club on Monday, July 9th. If you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, it is Wednesday, June 27th. In order to get into the Listening Club right at the start, you're going to want to go to podcastpd.com slash summerpd18. And that's in all lowercase letters, podcastpd.com slash summerpd18. Do that on your mobile device. Or if you go through Voxer on the desktop in your browser, that will get you into this podcast listening group. And we look forward to having you there. And please, if you know somebody who maybe doesn't listen to the podcast, but listens to podcasts and would like to join us, in this weekly discussion, please share that link around social media, Instagram, Twitter, tag us, and we look forward to connecting with you and pushing Voxer to the limits with a bunch of people who love to talk. All right. And I think that takes us to our content for today, which is to discuss the last two questions in George Chorus's um, article that was published on his blog and also on Medium, and it was titled Four Reflection Questions for the End of the School Year. In our last episode, we talked about um, the first two questions, which were, what did I do well this year and where do I need to grow? And then today, our questions are the final two, like I said. The third question for today is, what things will I challenge myself with next year? AJ, I'm going to let you start. What things do you think you're going to challenge yourself with next year? There's a lot of things I'd like to challenge myself with. Uh, obviously, integrating technology in a better way is one of them. But I think I'm going to I'm going to go with the fact that I'm going to challenge myself to communicate better with parents and the community. And what I would like to really do is create a Google site where I can kind of make a newsletter for the week or a month, depending on how I situated and what I figured out over the summer 
as a newsletter for, for parents to know what's going on, what kind of lessons the kids are doing, you know, cause you think about the mind of a middle school kid, they don't really keep their parents in the loop as to everything that they're doing on a given day and you know, what assignments they have coming up or what projects we've been working on in class. And the Instagram account that I created for my class is great. I know parents are looking, I know the kids are looking, but sometimes I can't grab my phone and stop what I'm doing and take a picture. So I think having something else where I can use, maybe if it's a s'more page or something like that, that's just easy to go out and uh, have the parents in the know. I think that becomes a challenge for me. That's something I want to tackle for next year. Do you leverage Google Classroom and could you, do you have enough parental involvement where you could get their emails and utilize that feature? Not. It, it sounds like you'd be doing more work to accomplish a task that Classroom could do. Yeah, I don't really like when the parents get involved on Google Classroom. I feel like the parents have enough access to the grade book, which I dislike to begin with, because then the parents are checking the grade book on a constant basis, as are the students. But uh, the one thing with Google Classroom that I've noticed when parents get involved is they don't actually, the, the, the Google Classroom assignments don't actually say whether or not they should be graded or, or what the situation is. So when a parent sees that work is not done by a student, they all of a sudden get on the defensive and they ask, why isn't this assignment graded? Why didn't, it, why didn't you turn it in? There's sometimes in this, I make an assignment, I don't want it turned in. And I simply make an assignment so I know every student can get a copy of the work um, and, and they can have it. Or if it's in a, you know, some kind of announcement that I don't want them to edit, I just make it an assignment. I'll just write there, do not complete or do not turn in so they have full access to it. Uh, if parents sees that in Google Classroom, they're going to say that something is missing. They're going to get the students all worked up. So I don't really like sharing that information with the parents that they can get in Google Classroom. I know some are there. I second see it when it says, uh, you know, who's in, who's involved with my students. But I think for this, this is more just like like a heads up. What good is going on? Not not really so much of the assignments that need to be completed. That makes sense, and I, I can certainly understand dealing with again if you're not able to clearly lay out to parents how classroom works, and that can take time and be more trouble than it's worth. So I can certainly understand that decision. But I was just curious. No, it's it's a good call. I mean, it's it is something I thought about, but like for back to school, night, I don't want to spend the entire time talking about Google Classroom when I when I introduce myself and the things that we'll be doing and all that. You know, I'd rather use the time a little bit differently. Well, it's something to think about. Maybe I can put links to these websites, uh, links to Google Classroom to whatever I create for the specific parents that want to get involved. That is something I, I will think about over the summer. You now have made me refocus on something else. Thanks. More work to do. Now it makes me think because a lot of what I've learned this year and, and, and focused on uh, is a lot of student voice and student choice and getting students more involved in what happens in the classroom. Would you consider maybe when you come back in September asking this new crop of students how best they would like to get involved in maybe helping you create a class newsletter and maybe have the kids contribute to it? Or is that not the kind of direction you'd be looking to go in? That is something I was thinking about as well. I was trying to figure out how to actually make that happen. Do I have the students like take turns? You know, my, my classroom is in groups. So do I have a group create a page each month? You know, so I have all my classes and that group will do it. And I just kind of highlight with them what I want to include. Maybe something like that would be good. They can shoot a video or create a video. That might be fun. Uh, that sounds like a good plan is if you're using the group setting to to get them involved and, again, give them uh, some leadership opportunities and kind of foster some of those 
characteristics in the the young folk. And I believe you have, you have seventh and eighth graders, so that's certainly a great age to start to make them feel a little bit more responsible about you know telling their story and branding their class and you know getting that out there. So I, I think that's all very positive stuff. And I'm sure whichever way you wind up going, one we're going to hear about it, <laughs> and two I, I, it'll be successful, of course. I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary. I know people are doing it left and right, but just something that I want to get better about. So I'm excited to challenge myself with more open lines of communication. What do you think, Chris? What's your challenge for the year? I want to hear from you. Gosh, I I, I know that the people who supervise me would like to see me focus more on the content and the history so I think that's going to be a challenge for me, whether I want it to be or not, is to get more content into my classroom. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be teaching world history again in 2018, 2019. I know that that's going to be something that I'm probably going to struggle with because I, I spent this whole year and and really I'm personally not buying into the content, the dates and the names and you know battles and I really enjoyed the themes this year, you know, as we talked about at the start of the school year, that's definitely going to be a challenge for me to appease, you know, those other voices, even though I know what I think is better for the student experience and, you know, working with my population and, you know, what the expectations are and what skills I feel that they will be better benefited from, you know, nobody's coming into my classroom or really a lot of classrooms to, you know, dive into history. You know, I I think I had one or two kids this year who like really love history. I don't think I dissuaded them or moved them away from loving history, but I certainly approached the content in a different way. We used content, but it was a lot of developing the creative skills, the technology tools and create and collaborate and communicate as I've talked about in a number of episodes already. I just think that that is going to be a challenge for me. You know, as a fellow socialist teacher and as a former student, uh, history is not going to change. So for everybody to be on you about the content, it's easy to find, you know, that that antiquated textbook thing that we're trying to get rid of. um, It's there. So for them to keep putting that on you, that you need to cover the content of world history. Yeah. Themes are going to be more important for our students. The themes are what's going to help them understand the world around them now better than here's a person from, I don't know the time period you teach, but even as World War One, like these people, these names, they don't matter anymore. You know, we need to focus on the people that did something throughout history that is making an impact now. So please don't, don't buy into just, I'm going to deliver the content because I have to. Keep doing the themes and include the little pieces of content here and there. So challenge yourself with that. Don't change what you did this year. Just throw a little bit more of the content into those awesome projects that you continuously talk about. And I guess part of the challenge is to come up with new projects. You know, when we had Don Wetrick on, you know, his dad told him many years ago, teach for 20 years, but don't teach the same thing 20 times. And while I, while I agree with that, I'm going to cut you off. You're not doing it you're letting them create the project. So do whatever outline you're creating, the product is not going to be the same for every student. So make a couple of tweaks, 
personalize it, give them the choice, give them the the uh, learning menus, something like that that we've talked about. But the other part of that too is, you know, as you get your new crop of kids, it, it's going to be personalized. Everyone's going to pick something different. Maybe I'm just naive. I live in this middle school bubble and I'm really just an elementary school teacher at heart. No, I, I agree with you. And uh, I, I would certainly look forward to continuing to report on this as it develops starting in September. So Stacy, what are you looking to challenge yourself with in the next year? You know, this year we dabbled in this whole coaching thing. And I think I mentioned it in the last episode, but um, I'm really going to be like looking for finding a, official people with whom I want to work with and who want to work with me as well on the whole coaching cycle, you know, so using what we know of Jim Knight's impact cycle and running it through the three phases and continuing through the coaching cycle that way. Um, and, um, you know, also finding professional development that works for more of my teachers, you know, it's, it's just something that really weighs heavy on me. You know, you think about like all the things that you do within a day. And when I think about that, am I reaching all of them? And the answer is no. So that's going to be my challenge. And that's a challenge that actually I'm working on with one of the administrators in my building. And we're going to be revamping um, what we call Grover Poppins, which if you think about the pineapple chart, that's essentially what it is. It's just not open all of the time. So for those teachers who don't know what the pineapple chart is, it's basically an open invitation to come in and watch another teacher teach. And sometimes the objectives of the lesson are shared in advance. The way we've changed it a little bit is that it technically takes place once a month. So about three times a marking period. And, you know, we focus on, um, you know, teachers who are willing to open up and, it's, it's generally the same group of teachers who visit and the same group of teachers who um, open the doors to their classrooms. So we're going to be looking to really make a change and make it so that more teachers want to participate. And then my third change for next year, my third challenge for next year, since I can't get that word right tonight, is um, so we have this um, alternate evaluation system in my district that was piloted this year and I didn't take part. However, I helped a lot of my teachers with the technology that was required for that evaluation system. So instead of taking part in the Danielson framework, um, I would forego the two known observations. And I say known just because you know that you're going to have two observations and the, my understanding of the alternative evaluation system is that you work closely with a supervisor of your choosing and you focus on a problem of practice. And again, my problem of practice is going to be to develop the type of PD that teachers want to um, take part in. And, you know, what does that look like? And what's really cool is my counterpart at the middle school, he, um, Dan Gallagher, he and I have um, applied so that we are peer-to-peer evaluators. So we would be working together to improve our practice together since a lot of what we do mirrors itself in that we both work at the middle school. We both work with the same types of teachers 
and actually he works with my math and science teachers and I work with his science and nope, I said that wrong. He works with my math and science teachers and I work with his um, language arts and social studies teachers. So as well as my own and his own. So, you know, I support the social studies and language arts department and he works with the um, science and math departments. Um, so we work with each other staff anyway. So it's just a nice way for us to kind of continue to build the bridge that is the gap between the two towns and kind of, you know, work together to build some really awesome PD and, you know, improve our own practice. So hopefully I will be accepted to that program. Um, there's a good chance that I will be, but I not, I have not yet been notified. So we'll see. But that's a challenge for myself. Even if that doesn't take place, I will be looking very closely at professional development and, you know, what that means for my teachers and what kind of PD they want. We have question two from George Kuros. Actually, it's question four in his article, but it's question two for our podcast show. And it is, how will these answers impact the learners I serve? And this time, Chris, I'm going to let you go first. As I look back at the the first three questions, I mean, when we talked about what I did well this year and I talked about having a student-centered classroom and doing things like VBQs and, you know, having project-based learning, getting into the, the third question, which was, again, the content. I, I think that taking this time to be reflective is going to benefit the learners because I will decompress over the summer and I will come back and I will come out of the gates firing on all cylinders, trying to get them a little bit more content and coming up with dynamic ways for my students to work with the content. I don't care about the history, but I'm going to incorporate more of the history to allow them to create more meaning when they are doing the things that I think are important, which is to communicate, create, collaborate, again, work on the projects and continue to grow and get them into high school. Cause again, you know, I'm, I'm going to be working with freshmen and they do a lot of growing and changing you know, from September to June as a ninth grader, at least in my experience. So to continue to create an environment that supports them and their growth is something that, again, this being reflective and really demonstrating, and we're all doing it, having a growth mindset. I talked about that with my students and it was a, a message that resonated throughout the year to be able to be open to new ideas and new ways of doing things. So while I'm going to be closed-minded on the content, <laughs> uh, I am certainly going to continue to promote them being open-minded when it comes to, again, creating and growing personally, because the more I can get kids to do that, the better off we're going to be when these students graduate high school and ultimately become contributing members of society in the world that we're all going to live in. Mic drop. Boom. Boom. <laughs> AJ, how about you? How will these answers impact the learners that you serve? I think Chris kind of hit on the head. I mean, the whole part of this is to reflect on your year, right? So reflecting on this, you kind of look back and I'm a harsh critic of myself. So I look at this and I figure out how I'm going to do better. So I think by looking at questions one, two, and three and thinking about the things I did well and you know what I want to do for next year, really, it's going to make me a better teacher, which is going to help my students. And, and I think that's really what it stands, you know, um, 
every year. I want to go into the next year, as Chris said, ready to go, firing on all cylinders and really kicking the booty. You know, that's what we want to do. You know, we're, we're doing this because we want students to enjoy their experience and to learn. So I think for me, it's going to help my students because I'm going to be a better teacher and I'm going to serve them better. So, you know, I, I, at the end of the summer, I get nervous for a new start, but I do get excited because it is a new start and I can kind of pick on the things that I didn't do well for the last 13 years and do well for the 14th. And that's all we can expect of ourselves, right? Is to do better when we know that we can do better and how to do better. So um, for me, um, so I have to say one of my favorite things about this question is that the question doesn't say how will these answers impact the students I serve, but the learners that I serve, because I, you know, as a coach, I feel that a lot of times I'm left out of these types of, you know, thoughtful or thought provoking questions. And I always flip them and make them serve the work that I do, but um, it's just kind of nice to be included, right? Because we're all learners and, you know, a lot of the work that I've done this year has been with admin as well as teachers. Um, So it's just kind of cool to know that, you know, when school is done well, it includes all facets of learners, whether it be learners who are traditionally aged and fit the demographic of the school in which you're teaching. Um, But it can also include the people who are leading the school and the teachers who are working within the walls of the classroom to kind of impart all of the knowledge that they know. And, you know, it kind of share, you know, shows that we're all learners. So that to me was a really powerful question. Um, And I think to that point, you know, I, I really want to impart on my teachers that we are all learners and that we need to remember that our education and our capacity to learn does not end when we graduate from high school or in my case, middle school or from college, you know, that learning takes place on a daily basis, especially if you're doing it well and you're doing it right. And, um, you know, that's, I, I really want to impart my excitement about learning and continuous learning with my students or my, my, my teachers, um, you know, whether it be like, oh, I'm going to this ed camp or, um, there's a lot of summer PD that's coming out already. And we've, um, but we've created a little mini calendar just for our district. That's kind of like PD offerings, that are around and, you know, I can direct them to things like the edge calendar, which our friend Adam Schoenbart and Danny Kennis created together. And, you know, they can continue to learn and grow. And that's really how I think my answers will um, help serve the learners with whom I work. I think that's fantastic. So on that note, Now, seriously, like if you have um, listened to both episodes or even if you're just joining us in this episode for the first time, I highly encourage you go back and listen to or reread George Curtis's or read for the first time George Curtis's article, um, Reflection Questions. I really think that even if your school year has already ended, which by the time you listen to this, it may have, I think, 
hopefully for most schools in the United States, um, your year is winding down. And um, but think back, you know, what was your year like? Answer the four questions and reach out to us. Reach out to us via Twitter. Reach out to us via Facebook or on Instagram. We're connected everywhere on Podcast PD. That's how you can get to us and um, let us know. Or, Chris, how can they talk to us? Well, actually, I was going to also just say that if you listen to us and you never want to reach out to us, take the time to reflect on these questions, even to yourself. We would certainly love to hear from you, but even if you don't, hopefully we've inspired you to at least be a little more reflective as your school year wraps up. And of course, if you do want to reach out to us, you want to head over to podcastpd.com slash feedback, and that'll give you all the different ways that you can share feedback with Stacy, AJ, and myself. And you can share your voice with us because we always love to hear from our listeners. That yeah, great. And, and, we, and, we don't, and we don't get that enough. So please, please send us audio. Uh, we do want to, again, encourage you to head over to podcastpd.com slash summerpd18. That's SummerPD18, and join our brand new, ready-to-start-up Podcast PD Podcast Listening Club. That'll kick off on Monday, July 9th. So even if you're hearing this after July 9th, still head over, join the Voxer group, and join us for listening to podcasts each week, one episode at a time, and we're going to have some great conversation uh, with questions from you, questions from us. We just want to connect with you guys and gals and, you know, podcasting is going to bring us together to do that. Again, some will be education, some will be sports, I'm sure, some will be personal, some will be goofy, but it's all about having that growth mindset and uh, being the best people we can be. And again, podcasts are going to be what do that for all of us. So with that being said, let's move over to what we're listening to, and I'm going to start it off because... I want to, and I'm talking. So I listened to one of the most recent episodes of Hidden Brain, a longtime favorite here on Podcast PD. And the episode that I'd like to share with everybody and recommend that you go check out is the episode titled When Everything Clicks. So oh, first off, I was going to recommend that. First off, well, Stacy already listened to it. AJ, have you listened to this episode yet? I have not got around to this one yet. Tell me about it. All right, let me give a little bit of a preview. And this is me sort of reading the actual transcript of the episode slash not trying to make it sound like I am actually Shankar. So here we go. This is Hidden Brain. I am not Shankar Vedantam. Each day, teachers all over the world try to explain new ideas to their students. Sometimes it goes well. The teacher conveys information. The students absorb it. But many times, things get stuck. Students get frustrated and so do their teachers. The transmission of ideas gets bogged down in a morass of failed expectations. Shankar remembers an exchange he had with his own father, and he must have been around 10 years old. He was trying to learn a math concept from his dad, the order of operations, division before subtraction, multiplication before addition. He didn't get it. He thought it ought to be easy. He got frustrated, and Shankar felt stupid. The worst part was all the psychological turmoil that got us nowhere. At the end of the day, his dad had failed to teach him something new, and Shankar 
failed to learn something that he should have mastered. In fact, Shankar might have internalized the wrong lessons, that he was bad at math, or that his father thought poorly of him. So the whole episode revolves around this idea of how people learn, and it gets into some stuff that happens in Hawaii with training dolphins, and it was really unique to look at learning from this perspective. So there will, of course, be a link in the show notes at podcastpd.com slash 32, but definitely go check out Hidden Brain, the episode from June 4th titled When Everything Clicks. Okay, Stacy, share your comments on the episode. Yeah, so I have to be honest with you. I'm not 100% finished. Um, as you guys know, I usually take a break from podcast listening, but I listened to a lot yesterday. So I do have a recommendation. It's different. So I'm listening to it today. And um, if you are a psych major, just be prepared to like hear all about Pavlov all over again. Um, there was a lot of Pavlovian things. There was like some really interesting dolphin information, dog information, some really weird applications in medical schools. Um so I really, really think that our listeners will get a kick out of it. And I really can't wait to finish, um, but I'm not likely to finish until after I drop my little guy off at school tomorrow. So we'll see. We'll see how it ends. But um, I was going to recommend it, but I do have a recommendation today. So all right, that so reminds go ahead. me of what I listened to yesterday. Go ahead. Share it. Okay. So I'm not even sure how I feel found this actually i do know how i found this podcast so um i'm listening to a new podcast which you guys know like this is not, not surprised good for me when i when i find new podcasts and i haven't listened to all the old ones this is why i'm so woefully behind i'm going to remind you that my number is currently 1744 i think it's lower than it was last time though is it lower someone tell me i don't think it's lower <laughs> <laughs> I was totally hoping. So anyway, um, the show that I'm listening to is Great Women of Business. And um, I just finished making Obama. And this show is kind of like making Oprah, where it focuses on female entrepreneurs and the types of hurdles that they had to overcome Um you know, what made them so business smart, what made them stand out in a world that was evolving during their timeframes, um, during their time periods rather. And I really, really found it fascinating. Both of the episodes I've listened to so far have, um, talked about women that everyone knows. I, I don't think that there's a person listening to our show who doesn't know who Coco Chanel or Julia Child are. And um, those are the two women that were showcased in the first two episodes. And I know a lot more about Julia Child and her story than I do about Coco Chanel. So I found that really fascinating um, to hear about her. Um, I had no idea she was, um, you know, accused of being a Nazi sympathizer, what that's like. And um, so it's just really fascinating. And I will also throw in that I also re-listened to the Kate Spade episode of How I Built This. And so it's just kind of nice to have like all of those women be part of my weekend and um, kind of talk about, you know, how they grew from pretty humble beginnings for most of them to 
some amazing rock star status in each of their fields, whether it be fashion, um, perfume and fashion for Coco Chanel or cooking and Julia Childs. Maybe I will find some recipes that I can adapt to my Instant Pot over the summer. But um, yeah, if you have some time and you like hearing about really strong women and entrepreneurship, um, then I highly recommend you check out Great Women of Business. Um, those first two episodes are pretty cool. I look forward to hearing about Mrs. Fields, especially since I'm baking cookies tonight. So, yeah, that's what I'm listening to. AJ, what is on your podcast player right now? Uh, so I've been kind of dabbling with a bunch of different episodes of the same podcast that we've listened to. Uh, been kind of with the Art of Manliness. Uh, I've been listening to um, Don Wetrick's Start It Up. And the last one I listened to, I'm going to go with uh, – Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast with uh, Dan Bauer. So I was out there doing the lawn today and I uh, listened to two episodes by him. The first one, uh, Leading Without Labels uh, with our with our buddy and good friend, uh, Dan Krinas. Uh, he was on that episode talking about how he takes the lead as a uh, as a coach, as an instructional coach. And I really appreciated things that, that, that Dan talked about or the Dans talked about. It was really a good episode. So that was episode, I don't, I don't know if there's actually a number to it, but it's uh, again, leading without labels. And then it went right into the next one, which was creating cultures of compassion. And, and this one I thought was a fantastic episode. Same show, Better Leaders, Better Schools. And this is with uh, uh, his guest, Dan's guest was Eleni Theodoro. And she talks about compassion and her anti-bullying campaign that she brings to schools and the way she was talking about reaching students and working with them to build this culture in your school where Everyone is welcome and included. And, and the things that she discusses about the book that she wrote, uh, how it incorporates, it sounds like it would be good for a younger group, but I think the message there would be great for especially uh, a middle school and elementary school. But uh, I, I would really recommend that everybody listen to that one. If you're looking to build this compassion, especially with things that are going on in our news uh, with people and their secrets and you know, just finding ways to reach out to other people and, knock out the bullying and be kind and share the light is what she says. And I think we really need to kind of embrace that idea of working together as a school and finding that resiliency together. So again, two episodes for you there, better leaders, better schools with Dan Bauer leading without labels and finding your culture of compassion. Give it a listen. Love it. Love it. I haven't listened to a lot of Dan Bauer recently, but that is something that I will be adding to my podcast catcher. Once I get down to about 1500, I figure that I can add some of Danny Bauer's stuff. You yeah, better add it because he's got a great episode coming out in August. Yeah, who's his guest? Don't make that face at me. Nobody saw it. Well, now they have a good idea. Uh, yes, but it's that question, right? That age-old question. If you're listening to a podcast and you don't see what kind of faces the host is making, was the face actually made? No. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I'm looking forward to being a guest on Better Leaders, Better Schools in August. I actually think the episode comes out August 1st. Just keep an eye out for that. Nice. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, we don't have any feedback 
to share. But again, if you hit up podcastpd.com slash feedback, we would certainly look forward to and love to share anything you have to say, compliments, questions, even if you're interested in connecting with us and talking about something that you're passionate about and can help other teachers. There's the potential there that, you know, we could have you on as a guest. So please reach out and connect with the show podcastpd.com slash feedback is the best way to do that. So with that being said, we're about to embark on another summer vacation where again, as we release this episode, we're, we're not going to be coming to you regularly every two weeks throughout the summer, but we have talked behind the scenes about a couple of episodes that we can get together and record on. But again, you know, we have kids, we have our family, and of course that takes priority number one, even more so in the summer than even during the school year. So we're not disappearing. We're just not going to be coming to you on a regular basis. So we hope that you join us in the podcast PD listener club, because that's where we are going to be able to keep up with you. And again, head over to podcastpd.com slash summer PD 18, join the group. Even if it's after July 9th, jump in, introduce yourself and you know, we're welcoming people. We love to talk and we'd love to talk to you. So anything else, guys, or we're going to wrap up the 2017-2018 school year. Thank you, everybody, for staying with us through the school year. We hope you uh, have a wonderful summer. We hope to hear from you in the Voxer group. You know, we'll, we'll be around. So feel free to reach out to us, give us some ideas, and we look forward to uh, the unofficial start of the next, quote-unquote, season. All right, gentlemen. It is time to say goodbye. Say goodbye, AJ. Goodbye, AJ. Say goodbye, Christopher. Goodbye, Christopher. And we'll see you over the summer, guys. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all of the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website, podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of Ed Tech podcast over on chrisnessie.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech. And I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We would also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook to join. You can help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with a colleague. And if you do it on social media, please make sure to tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators. Podcast by educators. For more great education podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. How are you, AJ? Doing Chris Nessie. How are you? Doing good? <laughs> Doing good. <laughs> oh, we can just kind of go back on that one. Nah. We're yeah, no, no, here, here we go. New blooper for AJ. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Three seconds into the show. New blooper.
Wonderful. Great. So we're still here. And I don't think Stacy can see me and AJ playing with our little action figures in the cameras. That's so weird. <laughs> hey. I hope that makes it into fun. the bloopers. Oh, Everybody, Batman. go enjoy your summer. We're out.